Turning it up. This is the People's Show on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Here's Bit Nizar and Randeep Janda. Look what he done to me. Welcome to Hour 2 of the People Show. Vic Nazar, Randy Janda, Dom Tramati, and you as well. 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. The smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. A lot of reaction right now in the inbox. 650-650. There's always Nickelback takes. Yeah. Always. But again, they're shooting a video here. Uh, in in the Lower Mainland tomorrow, up at Burnaby Mountain at SFU, and it's a an open casting call essentially. Just hey, come out. Do you want to be part of it? Celebrate music in the community. That's essentially what they're saying. Hey, come. Mm-hmm. We're shooting a video. Uh, we got a lot of takes though. And yeah. I, I just want like I asked you, I asked yep. you guys in the, before the show, would you guys want to go? Not that we could because we're working. No. But is this something? Do you think it's cool? And we kind of had a hot debate about it in the in the bullpen. I, I thought, hey, let's pose it to the people yep. too. Uh, would you want to go? Who's who's actually going? Is it a cool thing to do? And a lot of reaction coming into the inbox. We got this one from Leaf Hater Steve. I've been in a music video about 30 years ago. It was a blast. You know it will be a blast when Chad is putting it on. It will be a party. Yeah. Leaf Hater Steve, follow up and tell us what music video that is. Maybe we can pick you out. Oh, let's go. I- I've had send, a- us, send us what video that is. I've had a buddy who is in a like Eastern European metal band. Okay. I, it's like so small potatoes, but I, I can't remember the band or the, the video, but like I've, he's shown me the music video and there he is just like part of a group and it's awesome. It's something, it's, it's like a memento. Oh, for sure. And I actually, one of our, our directors on Hockey Night Canada, uh, Punjabi, George, he was, he was a rock star in Romania. Let's go. And then I saw the music video of him playing guitar. He had like long hair. Yeah. I was like, who are, who is this guy? So you never know. See? Is it, isn't that awesome? Isn't but that he was in the band, nice though, Bic. Yeah, he was in the fair. band. That's fair. Uh-huh. This one, unsigned. There's some good text. Last time I heard Nickelback SFU, there was a T after the S. <laughs> I think both Nickel, both Nickelback fans are working tomorrow, so they can't go. Okay, a lot of Nickelback hate. Yeah, and that's the thing. Another texter called in, or uh, texted in, saying the majority of people only dislike Nickelback because the internet tells them to. Which, again, like I'm not a fan of Nickelback. Not a hater, but I can also recognize the shows sell out every single time. There's clearly people who are fans. They've sold millions of albums. It's, so it's, like it's become a meme to dislike them. I wouldn't go to that music video shoot because I want to be like associated with an act that I like. If there's a Punjabi artist that I like is shooting a video, I'd love to be in that. If there's a rapper or if there's some sort of genre of music that is my go-to, I'd love to be in that. For me, Nickelback's not that. It's not we got this one. We got a question for you. Okay. Bick would take a day off to be in a Nickelback video? Jesus. <laughs> Again, it's just a it's just a unique thing to be able to do. You're going to be in a music video. That, by the way, is going to be seen by millions upon millions upon millions of people. As much as they, they get a lot of flack, this video is going to go on YouTube, Vivo, whatever the sites are nowadays, TikTok, and everyone's going to see it. And you're going to be able to hey, show some kids, nieces, nephews, whatever. Hey, look at me. I'm in that music video. I think that's a kind of a cool thing to do. All right, uh, this one. Don't like being on camera. Don't like Nickelback. Bye. That's Bruce Della Bruce. Yeah. That, that seems like a no for Bruce Della Bruce, regardless of artist, though. Drummer Mike, who again might be part of the genre just because he's a drummer. Drummer. If I didn't have to work, I would so be there. Not a huge Nickelback fan, but their earlier stuff definitely kicked ass. 
There you go. Oleafiator Steve has followed up. The band was DOA. I'll try to find the music video. Okay. All right. Uh, this one coming in. I would be embarrassed to be a part of a Nickelback video. Unsigned texture. The texture's so embarrassed right now, they're not even putting their name on it. Like, I think you have to disassociate the band. Like, even if you're a hater, how many chances are you going to get to be in a music video? And I get it. Hey, some people don't like being on camera and all that. You're, you're in a crowd here, I assume, because this is an open call to go to Burnaby Mountain. Yeah. How many chances are you going to have to be like, hey, I'm in a music video? Well, Bick, if you go, and this texture made the point, you know, we don't know who's going to show up there. Right. So if me and you show up, are we are we the only Punjabi guys there? Are we going to be, we might stand out. So if you don't want to be associated with Nickelback, we we will stand out potentially. So, you know, being in the video is one thing. I don't want to be associated with Nickelback is my point. Can we take the show on the road tomorrow? No, man. Like... If I'm going to this thing, like, like if you had to, if I lost a bet, would they invite us? Like, could we take we the Sportsnet tent there? We can. If I, if I actually lost a bet and I had to go, I would be like, all right, I'm going to be just hiding back here somewhere. I want to be understated. Drinking dud soda. I won't be repping the brand. Hold that on, day. I just thought of a giant branding opportunity. Yeah, right. Wear your dud soda merch in the video. Get Chad Cougar to sip on a little bit of it. All right. Come on. John, I, I rarely agree with anything you say. Great opportunity. Here, I might agree. For anything for business. Anything for business. Let me consider it. Uh, wearing the Dudes or Dutch t-shirt today, by the way. Uh, we might have to fact check this one, but is this true? Alicia Silverstone got her role as Batgirl after appearing in an Aerosmith video? Was she in an Aerosmith video? That one was either her or... Yeah, yeah, but I'll have to look that up. One. I remember somebody was in an Aerosmith video. I, I don't know if it was Alicia Silverstone. It is, yeah. Really? Well done. And uh, uh, famously, uh, prior to Friends, Courtney Cox was uh, brought up on stage at a Bruce Springsteen concert. Right. I think that was her, right? So what are these textures saying? That we have a chance to be identified in this? This could be our launch point? This could be Bix Big Break? I'm not trying to break into Hollywood or anything Sorry, like Bix Big Break? As if you don't need one. No, he's the one who wants to go to Nickelback, is my point. There's a very low chance that I'm going to this. Uh, 650, 650, uh, keep coming in with your thoughts. So we got some confessions coming in here. Uh, it's not even Friday. It's not even Friday, but we'll take them. Uh, confession. My wife gave me Nickelback concerts back in the day. I don't have the heart to tell her. I hate Nickelback all these years later. (laughs) I think it's okay now. Does she like shower you with gifts? Nickelback gifts every year? If, If she does, that's a problem. Uh, this one. North Creek Dan. Randeep just just doesn't want to be in the video because he knows he'll look stoic. Look at his photograph. Uh, He'll look stoic? Apparently, yeah. I I posted a couple of photos. I was in Kamloops and Vernon over the last couple of days. Oh, I did see those. Yeah, Yeah, I wasn't really smiling. I was was relaxed. Someone texted in, is LeBron going to be there? Ooh. You know who would go there? Drake. Drake would go to any music video. Yeah. Would he? He shows he, love. He for, shows up uh, to everybody. like community sports events. Of course, he's going to show up to Nickelback video. Got Nelly Furtado on stage, Sean Desmond on his stage. Yeah, but he he's not jumping into other people's music videos, is he? I'm just saying. I wouldn't put it past him. He's shown a propensity to support local. We got this one. Phil and Nanaimo coming at me. How dare you hate iconic Canadian brands? First it was the hip, and now Nickelback. I didn't say I hated the hip. I would never say that. I just said. It's not my, it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, they're overrated. We were doing an overrated, underrated. Right. While you're away. And I said, for me, they're overrated because it's not my genre. 
uh, Jeffro saying uh, Alicia Silverstone was crying in the video. Uh, she was in the crying video by Aerosmith. Oh, okay, I thought you said that she was crying in the video. No. She must have been listening to Nickelback. <laughs> Uh, again, open casting call uh, tomorrow, uh, three to seven, over at uh, Burnham on SFU campus. If you want to be part of it, and if you are part of it, by the way, text back in on uh, Wednesday and uh, let us know. Well, we are on from noon to four tomorrow for our live listeners, Vic. You could make it. I think you we could should, make I, it. I think we should take the show on the road tomorrow. Uh, confession by Bic. I accidentally booked my staycation for the wrong weeks and can't be in the video. Signed, Bic. If I was still on holiday, I would, I would probably do it. Yeah, you were you were everywhere locally. I could see you just kind of walking over to SFU. Mm-hmm. Now, now you've got th- me thinking which music video I'd be happily like run over to, and be in. Like Nickelback, I won't do it. My guy Jazzy B. Oh yeah, I'd be in that. Hundred percent. I'm surprised uh, I haven't been in one. Dan yet. from Van says uh, Bix and Randy's Bollywood break. Could happen. In a Nickelback Chance. video, though, how many how many Bollywood producers or Punjabi movie producers are watching Nickelback videos? That's the selling point. It's like they're international icons because they're in Nickelback videos. Yeah, they're like in row 14. <laughs> Look at these icons. Still making it in. Hiding in the background. Still making it in. Uh, all right. Apparently, it was multiple videos uh, that Alicia Silverstone was in. You know what one I would have been in had I known? And I don't think it was an open casting call. It was... A Michael Bublé video that was shot at Killarney Market, which is a local oh, okay. grocery store on 49th Avenue. Had I known, had they approached, had they called my people, I would have been in that. Just haven't met you yet. That's the one. That's the oh, one. nice. And Michael Bublé has not met me either, so that's that's unfortunate. Wait, really? No. He was at the Lions game. I was at the uh, on Friday. He was at a Canucks game, yeah, too. should have put in Michael a call Bublé. to Amber Doman. Yeah. Got to get was... that number first. Who hasn't met Michael Bublé? He's a man of the people. I haven't. I haven't met Michael Bublé. Is that a thing? Yeah. That like, sounds like a great bribe for fantasy. If you know Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé, if you're listening. <laughs> He's on tour, by the way. Text in now, and then maybe you can get into the league if we meet. We're getting roasted in the inbox about not knowing about Alicia Silverstone. I'm not a big Aerosmith guy, so I didn't know that. That's it. People say, oh, it's before your time, youngins. We're not young. Do I have to explain <laughs> my musical? There's an assumption that we're young. Randy and I are not young. And my musical tastes are pretty straightforward. Like Aerosmith? That late Aerosmith is like right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. So those music videos would have been in that era. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Even the normally nice Vicky is trashing us in the text inbox right now. It's fine. Uh, come on. Do homemade adult videos count? No, they do not. Save that for Confession Friday, all right? Come on. Uh, 650, 650. Someone's texting in. More JT Miller talk, guys. And enough about uh, Nickelback. Uh, let's get back into the conversations, though. Uh, we did, did you put on the Canucks game? We, we, we talked about it with uh, Chris Faber uh, on Corey Pronman's list over at The Athletic. He does his annual under-23 players and prospects, uh, organizational rankings, and just what guys make it in. And he breaks us up by tiers, so don't get too caught up on the ranks and all that sort of stuff. So there's a handful of tiers here. Uh, overall in the list, though, four Canucks players made it. Of 170 players under-23 prospects and guys playing in the show right now, Four Canucks players made it. Jack Hughes headlines this list. Also more at Cider. Trevor Zegris were the top three. Quinn Hughes comes in at number four. Now, he's going to graduate from this list next season. Yep. But as it stands, hey, he's number four on this list. And you kind of go through this, you're like, oh, wow, Vancouver, number four. That's really cool. Thing is, this is only four guys on this list. Yeah, and a lot of that, probably 50% of that is Quinn Hughes. Like that, that's how, Oh, yeah. You're, 
and you, when you compare the list, number two on that list is Detroit. They've got nine prospects on mm. the entire list of prospects. They're tied for ninth with Minnesota and Anaheim. Yes. So Buffalo led the way with 11. So you look at that list of the four. Hughes is going to graduate. Pod Colson, for the next little bit, is going to show us what he can do. And a, a lot of people in this market are optimistic. So you can kind of give that one the check mark. Niels Hoaglander, what he was like 90, 90 something on the list. He's still in that grouping. But if I look at that, I look at LeCare Mackey and I say, all right, he's going to be somebody that should be based on what we know. The skill set is there. And if anything, he's going to look better as the next World Juniors comes around. He's going to probably get more buzz because he's supposed to improve as time goes on. This tournament was more about him getting a sense of it, just seeing where he fits. Next two tournaments are going to be where he's going to make an impact, potentially even be a captain down the road for that team. Niels Hoaglander is in a really interesting spot right now because a lot of people could be saying, hey man, this is a low point for him. He should be higher. If he has a good year, he can shoot up this list. Others, in the text inbox, we get a lot of this sentiment. It's, sell. I didn't like what he's, what I saw last year. Mm-hmm. Get, move off of him. There's no room in the lineup. Put him in the deal for as a sweetener. So, when we fast forward 365 from now, 365 days from now, is Niels Hoaglander high up the list, the list or is he lower down the list? I think that's a huge, huge year for him. And we kind of talked about this last week, but yeah, it feels like it's not a make or break, but it's going to be for maybe this management, it's a make or break when it comes to Niels Hoaglander. Just to kind of highlight where these guys are. So Quinn Hughes was fourth on this list. Vasily put in 53rd. And the way this... Again, I said don't get too hung up on the yeah. the the ranking, just the tier. Uh, per Corey Pronman, Vasily Podkolzin falls in tier five. Uh, then Hoaglander's at 92, LeCaramacchi is at 109. And those guys, uh, tier six uh, for both of them. I I think the Podkolzin one's a bit harsh because, you know, someone like Kirby Doc is ahead of Vasily Podkolzin and... As it stands right now, I think like they've both put up 26 points last season. Doc is three seasons in the league. Now, same draft class, but I'm more excited about what Vasily Podkolzin can do moving forward than I've seen from Kirby Doc. I mean, Kirby Doc's been traded, and it's just like, hey, let's, let's jump off this asset. Yeah, It's kind of a weird spot for a team that's rebuilding Chicago to be like, hey, let's do this. It, it, we're, we're totally comfortable with it. So maybe I put Vasily Podkolzin a bit higher, and I'm really excited for what his season looks like next year. But it's the thing I mentioned with Faber. It's like, I'm not sure how many guys are also going to be on this list next year from Vancouver. But at the same time, you look at this and you think, for, to your question with Niels Hoaglander, like, I, I think LeCaramacchi passes him on this list next season. Yeah, I would be comfortable saying that. I think what part of this is going to be, do you have the trust in Niels Hoaglander, which the coaching staff didn't have last year? The other thing is, there's a lot more competition in the wings, right? You don't go after Mikheyev a player that has speed, a player that has a bit of snarl in his game, who is, you know, in your face. He's very aggressive on the forecheck. Those are kind of traits that you wanted to see from Niels Hoaglander and something that was advertised when he was coming over from Sweden. He was drafted. Now, and and more importantly, it's just a different skill set that the Canucks do not have. No, and, and to be fair to Niels, he's still 21 years of age, yeah. right? There's an idea that when you see something in the rookie, you're saying, all right, the next step is going to be upward. He's going he's gonna to add things to his game. Sophomore slumps are a thing we saw it last year. But the Canucks were not in a position to wait and see. They had to add that depth. Niels Hoaglander has to prove something this year, that he can 
win back that trust. And where's he going to play Bick? We look at that forward group right now. I think the best fit for him would be on a third line, probably with one of the skills gu- skill guys, third line in name. But we, you know, with Horvat, Miller, and Elias Pettersson, if they're all playing down the middle, they're going to be three scoring lines. So add whatever center you want there. But when I look at Niels Hoaglander, I don't necessarily, outside of that third line rule, he's not a fourth line player. Which, by the way, like, he has to win that. Role. He has to win that. It's but not, he's not the incumbent. There is a lot of depth. And fourth line, the way that they will probably build out with Lazar, you're going to have, you know, Jason Dickinson, if he's not playing center somewhere, which I hope he's not, he's on the wing. And then you throw in a Dakota Joshua to maybe in some games to add a little bit of muscle. Niels Hoaglander doesn't make sense there either from a fourth line perspective. So he's going to have to prove something to stick in that top nine. I think that's a huge question mark. Huge question mark for him this year. Uh, 650-650 if you want to uh, chime in as well. Uh, People's expectations on Hoaglander are so whack. He's a second round pick playing in the NHL. If he's a career middle six player, it's a success. People need to be more realistic. That is from Andy the Park Ranger. It's look if he's a career middle six player, yes, that is a success. Yeah, is he a middle six player right now? No, and is there a pathway? Like, my concern is does his development get stunted from the role that he gets put into? And if he gets put because he doesn't win the third line role, like just what we were talking about, like Kuzmenko exists on this team now, Mikheyev exists on this team now, it was already difficult for him to get into the lineup last year. And you're going to expect a better season. Not that he's even in competition with Brock Besser, but like just the standing. Brock's going to have a better year this year. Connor Garland still on this team. Like there's, and then Tanner Pearson can be all reliable amongst this group of wingers. That like I find it difficult to see regular minutes for Nils Hoglander unless there's just a the classic off season. You make a big jump and you you go up and. You grow as an individual because, hey, you're only 20, 21 years old and you're just naturally going to be, get bigger and stronger. Unless we see some amazing offseason from Nils Hoaglander, I've got big questions on what the next year looks like for him. Well, if the fit is not there in the top three lines because of that depth, I don't really see him as that fourth line player. And to be honest, for a skill guy, that's a bit of a waste of ice time too because he's mm-hmm. not going to get much there. The AHL. Is the AHL an option? And we've talked to Yannick Hansen a lot on this station, on a lot on this show, where he, you know, was of the opinion. And there's that clip. He should have been in the minors, right? Niels Hoaglander to start off his pro career in the NHL or in the AHL. Is that an option at this point? I think it is. You've got so much depth now on the wing spot that you could say for the first little bit, first month of the season, go work on your game. Go prove to us that when there's that first injury or if there's a bit of a dry spell for one of those wingers and we got a decision to make, you're the guy that jumps up. I think that would take the pressure off Niels Hoaglander as well, where you're just down the highway. It's not Utica anymore. Mm -hmm. First call up. Does that make a little bit more sense to play in a top six role to start off the year? If this was two years ago or last year when there was less depth, I'd say that's a failure. You failed. My big worry about that is again, but not that this year's different is my my point. In theory, that makes a lot of sense. In practicality, I'm very skeptical to say to a player who has played two seasons in the NHL, is over 100 games in the NHL, to say, "Hey, you need to go down here, go work on your game." 
what is the first month like the player's mentality in that is going to be very vital to make that development growth and the demotion to say hey you're going down to the hl you got to work on x y and z what does that first month look like for a player does he become downtrodden it's like oh man like do i really have faith in this group now that they kind of jerk me around for a season and a half and yeah you can sell regime changes and all that but ultimately like a player is like hey this is my professional career does he kind of put up a bit of a strop to say i don't like it here this isn't the spot for me i've played in the nhl i've put up 27 points i deserve to be in the league even if it's on a lesser team get me out of here that that reality exists just as much as oh he's going to improve in the ahl just because we put him in the ahl listen that's a valid point but if you're a player and you see the guys that are in that lineup, right? The way that mm-hmm. a pro is wired. Do you want to say, hey, I want to beat out that guy for a starting spot? Or you say, ship me out. 21 years of age. So a lot of this is on the athlete, on the individual himself to say, is it fight or flight? That's a part of the situation. Mm-hmm. Do you take that as disrespect or do you say, no, you know what? This is a new regime. The Jim Benning regime drafted me. I got to prove to somebody that I can... I can compete at this level. I got to win back their trust. And and that's the situation that he's in. So it does come with a risk if you're the management team and say, go down to the AHL. But that's the game. He might be going to another team if he moves off of Vancouver and find himself in the exact same spot. You got to improve your game. You're going to do it somewhere, mm-hmm. either in an NHL team where you might be thrown in the deep end or you know, sometimes you need training wheels. And the AHL is a tough league, but can you go in a top six role? Can you win back that trust? 650-650, keep coming in with your thoughts into the People Show. Bick Nazar and Randy Janda. Big shout out to our guy, uh, Chef Swagger, uh, on Twitter, uh, at Chef Swagger HK. Uh, we were talking about the Nickelback video. Uh, the, the classic meme of, uh, look at this photograph, and yeah. Chad Kroger. Chef Swagger's uh, put me in that photograph. So. Oh, wow. I, right. I'm basically in a Nickelback video. You're already video in a video. Yeah. Love it. Love to be in another one tomorrow. That's too bad. Uh, Vic Nazar, Randy Janda, back in a minute here uh, on The People Show. On the other side, we will talk to Gary Gramling from uh, Sports Illustrated and Monday morning quarterback, the MMQB, uh, on the other side here on the home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. This is the People Show with Big Nazar and Randy Janda. Welcome back to the show, Big Nazar, Randy Janda here on the People Show, and you as well. Six fifty, six fifty. Get into the conversation onto the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Dom is bringing the music. I, I think he brought yeah. this back back from Europe with him. Is this a uh, is this a, a DJ Norbert track? Yeah, yeah. For those uninitiated, wow. that's uh, Dan Riccio's wedding DJ. Wouldn't you trust a guy named DJ Norbert with your music tunes? Hell yeah! Come on, man. I trust him with my accounting. I don't know if I'd trust him with my my de- is, my wedding tunes. Is Norbert an exclusive name for uh, accountants? No, apparently it's very popular in Eastern Europe, right? Yeah, it's a Hungarian name, Norby. Okay, there that's we go. what I was saying. It's like I think that's yeah. more. Just, po- 
It's like Smith over there. He had all the creative license to say, my name is Norbert, but my DJ name is DJ, DJ Nor- whatever. Norby, yeah. Yeah. And he stuck with DJ Norby. That's fine. He wasn't very good. He didn't take requests. I am not surprised. DJ shouldn't take requests, man. Come on. At a wedding? <laughs> you pay me, but I'm not listening to you. Let the man do his job, all right? Just let the man do his job. Bad take. Uh, all right. Someone texted in. Uh, did I miss Turf Trivia? No, you have not. I- I've missed uh, those text messages. I've been away, f- away for three weeks. And People I have been the, asking. The, the daily, did I miss Turf Trivia? You haven't missed Turf Trivia. Uh, the last champion, Wally. Shouts to Wally. And the prize this week, the prize is entry into the People Show Fantasy Football League. I mentioned there's eight spots left. This is what we're going to do. We're going to give four away via Turf Trivia and four away via bribes slash good deeds. So keep texting those bribes and good deeds. Through this week. Through this week, yes. Up until Thursday. So two giveaways, two entries into the league every single day until Thursday. And then we'll have a draft at the end of the week. We'll come out with that date for those that are already in the league a little bit later on. But that's right. One of 24 spots to play against Bic, myself, the citizens of the People Show. Prizes to be determined and announced as well. But here it is. The question for today, since he's the talk of Vancouver, LeBron James. He starred in two Hollywood films as himself, not including documentaries. So his credit is LeBron James. Himself. Yeah. Space Jam, A New Legacy was one. Name the other movie. Name the other movie. If you know it, 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. 650-650, text in the answer, uh, LeBron James. In two Hollywood films, Space Jam, A New Legacy, and also this other movie. Where he played himself. Yeah. That's the key part. Text in, 650-650, winner gaining entry into the People's Show Fantasy Football League, and again, uh, we are accepting bribes as well. How have the bribes gone? We've had some uh, really good ones. Okay. A lot of charity offers, which we love. Shout uh, out, again, shout out to Jeffro. Jeffro. A dollar donation we've to had, uh, Connects Place. We've had others. I'm trying to verify this. We actually had a Vancouver City Councilor, from what I understand, text in. I'm trying to verify. Can we be like the brain power behind the... Uh, not that. Oh. Michael Weeb, apparently. We're, I'm trying to confirm this with Mr. Weeb. Okay. Offered a behind-the-scenes tour of City Hall. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty good bribe. Yeah. I'm just trying to verify if that was actually the counselor that texted in. So stay tuned. All right. Uh, let's talk to our guy, Gary Grambling, now from Sports Illustrated. Monday morning quarterback uh, getting ready. We're through the preseason. Gary, how are you? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Uh, we are doing fantastic. Uh, stressful times uh, crossing the NFL right now for a lot of players. Uh, cut day looming large uh, upon us uh, tomorrow. Uh, the, the big one I think everyone's expecting is uh, Jimmy G, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, we would expect to uh, to get cut. Uh, what's your read on the situation? Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's going that way. It, it's Boy, it's, it's we saw how the Browns mishandled Baker Mayfield in that whole situation uh, earlier in the offseason here. Uh, the 49ers just sort of caught a bad break. And obviously, Jimmy did as well with the shoulder injury that just made everyone kind of hesitant. They couldn't get any return as far as, uh, you know, as far as the draft stuff goes. Uh, I mean, he's a, he's easily a top 25 quarterback in the league. He should be starting somewhere, but uh, it's, it's just a shame it plays out this way because the 49ers don't get anything and, and they didn't catch him by surprise here. You know, he knew for 
whatever, a year and a half now that Trey Lance would be the guy at this point. Uh, and then on top of that, he's probably not going to be a starter anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, it, it might take uh, four to six weeks here before he's ready to go for another organization. Okay, speaking of a, another organization, where does he end up? Where do you think is the best landing spot for him? Oh, gosh. Uh, it's You'd say Cleveland. I don't know if it's a huge upgrade. I, look, I, I'm a huge Jacoby Brissett believer. I, there's one of them, and it's me, uh, besides Jacoby Brissett personally. But uh, that would make some sense. He does make sense in that system uh, that they have out there. I'd like to... I, I, I hope you don't have Dolphins fans listening to the show. Oh. Uh, I'd like to see him down in Miami. I, I think he's better than I think he's better than their quarterback. Uh, frankly, I, I think Teddy Bridgewater is probably better than their current quarterback down there at, for the time being, and we'll we'll see where it goes. But it's tough to find a place that would. It's because everyone either has their starter or they have their young guy who they still yeah. like hires on, uh, except for the Browns, you'd say. And obviously they'll have their starter, presumably, uh, come December or so. All right, I just collapsed there. I'm a Dolphins fan now, Gary, so <laughs> oh, you hurt me, right. man. You hurt me. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. I'm sorry. But it is interesting because I think a lot of people make the, the quick link to say, oh, well, Seattle doesn't have a uh, plan at quarterback, and then they kind of announce Geno Smith is their quarterback. And saying, hey, it's an upgrade on that. You can do a one-year arranged marriage kind of thing and say, we're we're in it for a short term. You can rebuild your your credibility in the NFL. We get a guy that's viable in here now. And at the same time, I'm kind of with you. Like I think Cleveland makes a lot more sense. I think even the New York Giants make a lot more sense. And I think you can find better landing spots for Jimmy G rather than just take the the Seattle chance. Yeah, it's like you want to find that team that uh, could work their way in the, into the wild card conversation and just sort of need some stability at that position. Uh, I just don't think that's the Seahawks. <laughs> I think it's a full-on rebuild there. Uh, and, and look, their coaching staff has been great over the years, and maybe they'd work some magic here. But it just feels like if you add Garoppolo to that roster, I don't know, 6-11, and 7-10, and 10, uh, I, I'm not sure that's worth it for either side. To be fair, and I think, you know, I've been one of the, the people that have been lighting up the Seahawks this year and how bad they're going to be. But if there is a year to be bad with this quarterback class that is coming, is that not a reason to be excited in a weird way for Seahawks fans? Because they might get their answer quicker than a lot of other organizations have been able to figure out the quarterback position. I always say my personal philosophy is uh, we we don't know how long we're going to be on this earth. Uh, go out and root for your team to win as many games as humanly possible. Don't throw away seasons. Uh, but you're right. That said, it's and, and we don't know what it's going to be. We got to see these uh, these guys play out the college season first. But there are so many guys who profile as sort of potential quality high-end uh, draft prospects here, you figure you're going to have like two or three of them work out, you know, between uh, uh, what are Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, uh, Tyler Van Dyke, uh, you know, there's there's like six or seven guys who could end up being in that uh, top half of the first round discussion, and uh, some of them will, will fall off, will fall by the wayside, but there's going to be someone good, uh, probably a couple of good guys available in the top five of this draft. As we get ready for uh, week one, um, you know who who are some teams that I don't know how much you take away from preseason. Um, just like who are some teams that have kind of impressed you through preseason to get kind of excited uh, about this season that maybe didn't get enough shine throughout the 
the signing season and, and, and the draft, just, just some teams that have kind of flown under the radar. Now that we see real games, it's like, okay, this team's a bit more professional than we realized. Yeah, I you know, I always <laughs> I always just throw out the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think it has any meaning. Maybe the Ravens, that was something I don't know, since they will never lose a preseason game again. Uh, the team I'm kind of circling that – uh, it's more a product of a wide-open NFC than I, I think any reason to sort of be super optimistic about what they built roster-wise, but I kind of have an eye on the Vikings. Hey, I'm uh, with you there. The I was Lions, hoping you'd say, though. Yeah, look, uh, Lions and the Vikings, I mean, they, they both have opportunities to work their way. They're not going to catch the Packers, but they both have an opportunity to work their way into the wild-card race here. Uh, we laugh Every January when, uh, you know, the joke is, oh, all you have to do is stand by Sean McVay and, and you'll get a head coaching job. But the track record of Sean McVay assistance is really, really, really good across the NFL. So, uh, you know, Kevin O'Connell there, we know, that, look, Kirk Cousins is not going to be uh, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson or something, but he's a, he's a competent starting quarterback. Uh, they have some nice pieces there. The defense, uh, that's your worry, but it really, I, I don't see how it could get worse than it was a year ago. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a team that ends up stealing 10 or 11 wins here and, and makes their way into the playoffs, probably for a one and done, but <laughs> that's all right. Playoffs are playoffs. Yeah, you, you still have a very successful season. I think we just do this thing. We're talking to Gary Gramling from Sports Illustrated, where if you have a boring offseason, we just assume you're mm-hmm. bad. And I feel like the Vikings had a boring offseason. I think the, the New Orleans Saints had a boring offseason. It's like, oh, you just brought Jameis back, and yeah, you yeah. drafted Olave. But generally speaking, it was just, hey, retain and and infuse what you already had. And yet I still look at these teams. I look at how open the NFC is. I can make cases for you know the Vikings, the Saints, the, the Eagles to be fantastic, the Panthers, who knows, although the, the coaching staff doesn't inspire me. But yeah. considering how open the NFC is, like a lot of these teams, you look and say, if you have to push seven teams in, I really only feel good about three teams in the NFC, so four teams are going to make it that we're going to look back at and say, oh, go figure they made it. There's two broad mistakes we make every year. One is during free agency. We always, you know, we always tell ourselves, "Oh, you got to draft and develop. You got to develop your own guys." If you're shopping in free agency, uh, you're doing it wrong. It means your own guys didn't develop. You didn't do it right. You didn't draft the right guys, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, and then when teams don't sign free agents, we, you know, you throw your arms. Oh, you didn't yeah. sign anyone. How come you didn't get in on uh, Trey Flowers or whoever's gonna uh, be overpaid, Shaq Lawson, and these guys that that get these big money contracts. And the other thing, we just forget every year there are one or two teams that go from worst to first and, and you know, go from five wins to 10 or 11 wins. And it's going to be someone this year. And I, you said it. I mean, you look at the NFC. Uh, I don't even know if the NFC is still really top-heavy. <laughs> but yeah. they're definitely thin uh, as far as quality goes uh, throughout the conference here. So there's some opportunities there. All right, looking at the AFC West, you had the Raiders that won 10 games last year, but we know the Broncos are better. You look at the Chargers and Justin Herbert, they should be better. Their defense looks stacked as well. What are the Raiders this year? Where do you see them in the AFC West? So the big thing with the Raiders is I I think a lot of teams, or excuse me, a lot of fans see them as a team that was lucky to get into the postseason. We know they they got in on the last game of the regular season. Uh, That was a good team last year. It really was. And they were doing it with an interim coach and all that drama going around them. Uh, I think they – 
they're just in the wrong division is what it comes down to. I feel like they're going to not finish fourth. I think they're going to catch someone there. But uh, that's a really good team. The other thing that I always highlight with them uh, as a spreadsheet dork, uh, they were historically the worst red zone defense in NFL history last year. Uh, And yet they still made the playoffs. And red zone's a very fickle stat. If you're a bad red zone defense, you'll, you know, you'll give up 70% uh, touchdown rate to opponents here. They were over 80%. They're the only team in NFL history to, to quote-unquote, accomplish that feat. Uh, so that's going to get better. I mean, it, they have the quarterback. They upgraded the coaching staff uh, on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. Uh, if you drop them into the, uh, you know, if you drop them into whatever, the the NFC South, the NFC East, uh, the AFC South. I mean, we're talking about a team contending for a division title here. I, I just worry how much you know scar tissue there is, a residual damage of con- consistent missed first round picks, like Henry Ruggs and Alex Leatherwood and Damon Arnett. Like the, these guys aren't on the team, or, or Leatherwood's you know might be get replaced. That you know he's changing positions and all this sort of stuff. You keep mm-hmm. missing on those guys that should be infusing this roster as you grow old. How how tough is that to overcome? And yeah, you can include a Chandler Jones to to mask a couple of things, but you keep missing on important picks. That stuff eventually catches up to you. And I, I really want to believe in this team because I I do like the the coaching staff and there are some players that are to to be really excited about. But man, it is tough to keep replacing that level of talent or that that opportunity cost. I know they've been throwing away first round picks for years. Yeah. So we'll see if it does catch up to him. It didn't catch up to him last year, though. Uh, so uh, again, it, you like the team. It's just that division is is just insane. All right, one other team that's uh, obviously uh, iconic. They've got the history as well. The Steelers, no Big Ben. How much faith do you have in Mike Tomlin getting the most out of this lineup? In that division especially, we'll see what happens with the Browns. You know the Ravens are always going to be there. The Bengals should be the best team in the division, depending on what happens. What do we see from the Steelers? And are we are we sleeping on Mike Tomlin here? Can he Can he work his magic? The Steelers are the toughest team to kind of gauge here because we all also do the thing where we look at last year and we say, okay, well, this is their record last year. I think it'd be better or worse and try and figure out like that. They were such a fluke last year. The way they won games was so weird. Uh, the quarterback play was poor. The defensive play was really bad. I, I think people don't realize how bad they were defensively a year ago. T.J. Watt was otherworldly. They were really, really bad aside from that. They had some injuries on the defensive line that affected them. Uh, I think they ended up giving up sort of by far the the highest uh, yards per carry average that that defense has ever given up. Uh, Their linebacking play was no good. It it was just really a mess, and yet they still won enough games to obviously get to the postseason and get it handed to them on Sunday night in Kansas City. But uh, you worry about the quarterback play. You love the coaching staff. Uh, Not only Tomlin, but bringing in Brian Flores, bringing in Terrell Austin, you figure they're going to get back to what they were defensively, and then it's just a question of uh, can they get this figured out offensively? And I don't know. It's such a huge question mark. It's going to be some combination of of obviously Trubisky and uh, uh, Kenny Pickett at this point. I don't know if either guy can play, and I don't think Ben Roethlisberger could play, but Ben Roethlisberger at least gave you – the pre-snap acumen he brings, uh, it, it just sort of gives you a certain floor. Even if the execution doesn't end up being beautiful, uh, he's going to get you into the right plays. You're going to be okay. 
I don't know if either quarterback gives that to them this season. You mentioned a team earlier, uh, Baltimore, and I find myself through this offseason just buying every NFL future bet I can get on Baltimore, winning the, the like the over, winning the the AFC North, winning the conference, longest team to be undefeated. I think they were plus two thousand. I, again, another one of those boring teams that didn't really have a, a showy offseason because it's classic Ravens. Let the draft come to you. Find some guys that are uh, unheralded in free agency. The, the, am I putting too much stock into the Ravens, or, or are they being overlooked in the AFC that has a lot of firepower? Josh Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, all that. But are, are the Ravens kind of going under the radar here? Yeah, they are to an extent. I'm picking them to win that division. I do really like the Bengals as well, but uh, I, I am picking the Ravens to win the AFC North. Uh the quarterback's got to stay healthy. That's You can say that about any team, but obviously playing the second half of the year without Lamar Jackson was problematic. Mm-hmm. Another weird team in that they were very lucky in the first half of last season, setting aside the injuries. Obviously, they had the, the rash of injuries, but the way they won games was very fortunate, and then the way they lost games in the second half was, was very uh, unfortunate at that point. So uh, it probably was an 8-9 and nine type of team last year, but uh, what is going to be the difference making with them is – they have to get solid again on the back end of that defense, which I, I could never remember that being a problem with the Ravens' defense. Even going back to, like, the late 90s, they had so many coverage busts last year, and I think it was a product of uh, – it was probably a, a coaching issue. Uh, it was a product of the injuries and having to run in a lot of guys who probably shouldn't have been on the field. Uh, you know, you get uh, Mike McDaniel back. He, he had been the linebackers coach there for a long time. You get him back coordinating the defense. You get Marcus Williams, who I love love the uh, former Saints safety. I thought that was one of the biggest pickups of the uh, the offseason here. Pair him with Kyle Hamilton. Theoretically, on paper, you have something good there. How long does it take to gel? I don't know, but it can't be worse than last year. They just gave up so many big plays on just pure coverage bust last year, and it was very unraven-like. Actually, uh, before we let go, we, we feel like we're talking about teams that are under the radar and, and teams that can have success. What about the teams that are getting too much hype and you just see – or maybe not enough people see the disaster coming. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the Bucks and just wondering what oh. it must be like to be in that locker room right now. And you know, we talked about it, guys. I mean, the NFC is is wide open. It's that's just a nice way of saying it's not very good. There's going to be some bad teams that make the playoffs. The Bucks are not going to be a bad team, but uh, I think we're all kind of just thinking they're going to run away with that division. I don't know. I mean, the Saints certainly in head-to-head matchups have had their number over the years. Uh, but to me, there's just something you can't really quantify. Uh, for two decades, wherever Tom Brady is, he lifts up uh, the entire locker room, both sides of the ball. He's now on a team where he's made it quite clear he doesn't really want to be there. And if you're on that team and you're looking at your uh, all-time great quarterback who who has basically messaged for however many months now – he really didn't want to be playing in Tampa this season. I don't know what kind of effect that has. And then, obviously, they have the interior line issues, which uh, is a whole other thing, not only protecting Brady, but no team rams it between the guard and center uh, as often as the Bucks do. That's, I mean, that, that's a huge deal for them to be missing interior linemen here. So we'll see how it plays out. I don't think they're going to go, like, 4-13, and 13, but uh, I think they're in for a dogfight here to, to hang out of that division with uh, probably the Saints and, yeah, maybe the Panthers sneak up. But, uh, like you said, not uh, not a whole lot of trust to put in that coaching staff. Hey, Gary, we always appreciate it. Uh, at Gramling underscore SI. Uh, appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Anytime, guys. Always a pleasure. Gary Gramling, Sports Illustrated Monday morning quarterback 
as well. Vic Nazar, Randy Janda here on The People's Show. Getting psyched. We're seeing some uh, cut news come out right now. Uh, we'll wait and see uh, about uh, Jimmy G and some other guys as well. I, I'm not too concerned about the, the, the Jimmy G thing when it comes to Seattle. It, it, I think Seattle's just in a spot right now. Like, any move is a good move. Like, like they're clearly not going to spend, like, six years yeah. on this quarterback and $280 million guaranteed. Like, that's not going to happen. And they're in a spot where, like, they can do whatever they want. Yeah, you would, like, I know a lot of people are going to get their shots up. It's like, oh, you traded Russell Wilson for this? That's fair. But this is about building this this next wave of a good Seahawks team. And literally, like, anything that happens this year, if they sign Jimmy G tomorrow, that's a fine move. It'll be a cheap one-year deal. Yep. It's like, yeah, you you take that chance. Maybe go to the playoffs. Because going to the playoffs is still a cool thing, ladies and gentlemen. It's still awesome. And you you take that chance. Like, Jimmy G has been to the Super Bowl. You you take that chance for a low investment with no expectations. When he was with the 49ers, took a lot of cracks at him. That's because there was expectations of you have to win a Super Bowl. You had an elite, elite, potentially all-time defense. Yeah. That's how good they were. And and they got as close as you possibly can without winning. This is just like, hey, you're better than Geno Smith. You you take that, but whatever happens, they win four games. It doesn't really matter because they're still building towards the future. They're not committing themselves to anything. And that's the important distinction on a player like Jimmy G. And again, you just you don't have to do it. I don't think Geno Smith has been bad. I think there's a lot of, through preseason, yeah. I think there's a lot of things surrounding the quarterback that are still in flux, like the offensive line, mm-hmm. which is, there's flashes, but they're relying on some young players. Yeah. The overall depth of quality of some of the pass catchers, not really there. It's basically DK and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. After that, you got some questions. Running back, you got some questions. I'm excited about Ken Walker, but it's still a question mark. It's still a rookie. I think Geno's going to get a lot of blame for things that happen around him. And that's, look, that's just what happens with quarterbacks. You get blame for the offense sputtering. And you get credit for when the offense has success. I just don't know if there's going to be that much success around Geno. Yeah, financially, committing to Jimmy G is not going to be an issue because, as you mentioned, you can do whatever you want. The question I have is, this year, how much better do you honestly want to be? Because Jimmy G makes you better, but does he make you that much better? As Gary's point, you might get a couple of wins out of it. There's a chance they get to... Nine wins with Jimmy. Uh, yeah, yeah, with Jimmy, probably I'd say that high end nine, low. You're probably looking in that seven range. I, I'd probably say seven or eight if mm-hmm. if everything can work and you've got some of those young guys, whether it's on the offensive line, whether it's in the secondary stepping up. A couple of gaps that we do see the line, gra- uh, you know, linebacker group is not very good, mm-hmm. uh, and there are some questions behind. As well, you Jordan mentioned. Brooks is good, but there's no depth outside there. of that. Yeah, you know, you're when you start ranking them across the board. Uh, yeah, other than Brooks. You got some question marks there. Now, if I'm a Seahawks fan, which I'm not, I've said that numerous times on this <laughs> station, I would say go with Geno. Don't worry about the extra couple of wins. You know it's where fine. this you know where this is headed. Yeah, it's fine. And that's okay. As a this fan is of the its, backpacking in Europe year. For sure. You're staying at hostels. Yeah. You're cheaping it out. Just just hang out, enjoy the ride. Just be a nihilist about it this year. You're eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every meal, folks. They can go one and fifteen, so long as the one is week one. It's it's great. And that's okay. And that's a fine year. I have followed a team that has not had a surefire number one quarterback since Dan Marino retired. It's been a long time. Come on, Jay Fiedler. Chad Pennington had a good year with the Wildcat. Outside of that, shout to Jay Fiedler, though. The pride of Dartmouth. Known football school. What was the other guy? Was it Feely? Yeah, Jay. uh, AJ Feely? AJ Feely. Jay Feely's the kicker. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't great. 
But my point is, when you get that and you have that road in front of you, it's house money this year. If they, they're they not good, guess what? The NFL's not expecting you to be good. Mm-hmm. If you end up getting a couple more wins, it's like, wow, we're better. We're not as bad I, as we thought. I know people scoff at like, oh, the nine wins, you just make the playoffs. You know what that confirms? Pete Carroll's a really good coach. A really good coach that even without Russell Wilson can still catch W's. I'd still, as a Seahawks fan, if you know, if I was one, I'd still be ticked off. Like nine, nine wins. wins? Yeah, nine wins. Because then you're probably taking yourself out of one of those best quarterbacks. In the... I, I get that. Like, I'd be a little ticked yeah. off there. But you, you, you just develop ammunition to, to go get the next guy and all that sort of stuff. Always compete to a point. No. See, that's the worst. Just To a point. Just. That's the worst mentality. I, I think that's the worst type of competitor. Normally, Doing, I'm saying. Oh, tank and all that sort of stuff. Normally, no. I'm like, always compete. This year for the Seahawks? To a point. It's it, just like anything can happen, and it's fine. That's all you got to worry about. Uh, we'll get into that more as we uh, continue throughout the course of the week. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, I did do some work while I was away. Okay. Out the spreadsheets as I usually do. I, I did like my records and my power rankings before I went away. Some people got mad and like, oh, I can't believe you're so low on this team. Blah, blah. So, I, you know, I tinkered and reviewed preseason and all that sort of stuff. So maybe later in the week we'll we'll do that again. All right. I, I get to make one adjustment. So I announced my records like three weeks, four weeks ago. We'll make one. I made one adjustment. And we'll do the records and division winners later on this week. Okay, weekend. the people want to know whether you actually adjusted and, and reconfigured your, your formula for Big Six. I did, yeah, of course. Okay, so you're, you're ready to go. I, I, look, I went into the lab, had to redo it, everything. Okay, you reinvented the wheel. Yeah, ideally, ideally. Uh, I'm so looking forward to Big Six you, this year. Thank you for admitting that at some point Big Six was the wheel, one of the greatest inventions of, of all time. Appreciate yeah, I that. Say, I didn't say that. Uh, before we go, though, we got to wrap up Turf Trivia. We were asking you... Uh, LeBron James starred in two Hollywood films as himself, not including documentaries or anything like that. Space Jam, A New Legacy, is one of them. Can you name the other movie? If you did, you got yourself an entry into the People Show Fantasy Football League. Who do we pick, Randy? The correct answer was Trainwreck, starring Amy Schumer back in 2015. He played himself. John Cena in that movie, too? I don't remember. I don't. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's Dom's file. He's all in on this one. Yeah. Bill Hader, yeah. is that the other guy? Bill, Bill Hader is the doctor. Yeah. John Cena is the love interest of uh, Amy Schumer. Let's go. All A right. lot of right answers here. But congratulations to Dan in Vancouver through a randomizer, which I have proof here. I can even show it on the stream. Dan in Vancouver, not Dan Richo, another Dan, ends up winning and has entry into the People Show Fantasy Football League. We would never let uh, Dan Richo into, nah, the, man. Nah. into the league. Uh, all right, back in a minute here on the People Show, home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.